Welcome to the Pest Posse Stampede Podcast. Your hosts are Cully Christensen, the visionary and creator, and Foster Bruska, the head wrangler who keeps Cully in check and the Pest Posse rolling on track. The Pest Posse is your trusted resource for training and information that the pest management professional needs to grow their skills and knowledge in the professional pest control industry. Alrighty, everyone. Hey, welcome to the Pest Posse Stampede Podcast. We are in the house. Hey there, Mr. Cully, my boy. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing pretty good, actually. It's um, yeah. it's a gloomy April morning here by the beach, but you know that's how the beach is in the spring. We don't get summer until later in the year. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a good full day. I've got a number of jobs. I've got um, got uh, got at least one new one today, which is good. Good. Uh, always like bringing in that new money. Oh and, yeah. Um, oh yeah. Know, uh, gives you the chance to even it's even though I'm getting a number of one shots it's a good chance to um you know build up customer referral opportunities and that kind of stuff a lot of my customers do refer me to their friends and family so I'm pretty grateful about that yeah and, um you know I think well we've said this before my big strength is I think my personality um just in regards to you know getting to know people building trust real easy those are my main strengths. You know, I'm good at my job. Um, but, you know, there's people out there that know more than me. I mean, I'm not the guy who goes and studies and memorizes all the bugs and stuff. I'm like, it's in my phone. If I need to know it, I just look it up. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry if that offends somebody out there. That's just how I roll. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. My brain only holds so much anyway. <laughs> and I'm likely to get two different kinds of bugs mixed up <laughs> <laughs> it happens but if you really need to know what it is and it's really important we got it on the phone we can get it id'd and yeah got a little bit of the same way it's like yeah we got materials that are going to take care of anything and if not well, my, my site know, 13 will take care of that yeah i mean especially when you know what websites to go to right we yeah, all think exactly. about our customers went to google something right yeah well, when you know that you go straight to a college website yep. you know we have a great um, you know, California, Cal IPM. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have a great, our, our university of California has a great website because they're we're great. such a big ag state. Yep. Um, so we can find, you know, we find good solid information on all our California pests on that. Exactly. Website. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, so we don't have a problem. All you have to do is look that up. It's all free. You don't have to have a subscription, you know, and you get good solid content. It's, it's, it's not overly there's you know there's different sections of it right there's a section that's not overly detailed and then you can go straight to the white papers if you want to get to the white papers there's links to all those white papers um so you can go as deep as you want to go which i've done you know on certain topics you know like yeah. my wasp baiting program that's why i feel like part of the reason I feel I'm so proficient is because i've actually read the white papers from the state and and followed um, they do it different than I do it. Right. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, but my point is, is I took the principles that they, things that they learned and, and wrote down in those white papers and I applied them, you know, to my business in that, for that part. And I've, you know, made a very successful program that I'm starting to sell down here, 
Um, and I've got two customers, one that I've already started and one that I'll be starting next month. Um, and you know, that, that's a slow build too. I mean, that's oh, yeah. something, that kind of service isn't, um, you know, you don't usually go gangbusters with that. No. It's got pockets, certain customers who have the issue. And then those customers typically will sign up. Exactly. Know? But exactly. the point is, is the website's, you know, good information. Oh yeah. It's really good. I encourage all you people out there, look at your college websites, um, and see what they've got in your state because that's what they study. They study the insects in your state. Yep, exactly. You know, especially if you've got a strong ag in your state, you know, yep. Iowa, um, Idaho, you know, lots of other states that have really strong ag programs and, and business, yep. ag business. Um, they're going to have, those colleges are going to have a really good, um, I would say, you know, uh, insect information on their college sites. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah. that's not what about what today is about. No, totally it's random. It's totally <laughs> random, but that's that's what we do here at the Pest Posse, especially here on the podcast. We just kind of ramble on a little bit before we let you know what's going to be happening. How my brain works. Yeah, that's all right. It's Cully and the Squirrels. You know, it's what's what's going on in your head, what makes it go. So it's all good, man. So yeah, we've got we've got an introduction of a gentleman today all the way from down under in Australia. This is Stephen Doggett. Now he is the head of the Department of Medical Entomology there at the Westmead. Um, I believe it's the medical facility there. It's basically, it's in Westmead. I'm probably just completely chopped up where he works at. But Westmead actually is a suburb of Sydney and Westmead is actually what they consider a medical area. Um, the Westmead um, actually, at the hospitals there, and they've got several different divisions, they employ over 10,000 people there. Um, it's a huge, huge area. Probably um, like something like Stanford, right? It's. I think the, it's a little bit bigger. Facilities, it's, yeah, it sounds it a lot. Bigger, it's but, a little bit bigger than Stanford. You know, some but, people especially have heard of Stanford and the, yep, you know, yep. and that the medical facilities there. It's right there at the college. Exactly. I would just assume it's similar to that, but sounds like, like you said, bigger. Yeah, I think it's a lot bigger. And, and people might be asking, okay, great. Why are you having Stephen Doggett on? Well, again, you know, Department of Medical Entomology, you know, he's he has been traveling all over the world and meeting with pest control professionals. And he is actually the, the chief editor of this magazine, um, which actually we were, we were just featured in, which is pretty cool. So he... Um, he is actually the, the chief editor of the, the Federation of Asian and Oceana uh, Pest Managers Association, their magazine. Uh, he's actually the editor of that. And he's got a wealth of information. You know, he's, he has uh, delved deep into some research on mosquitoes, especially bed bugs. Um, he, again, has just got a wealth of information. I was able to, to sit down and do a bunch of interviews with him, what we're going to have on the podcast, on the YouTube series coming up. And we wanted to just bring him out here on the podcast to give you guys an introduction as far as who he is, what you could be looking forward to, because, you know, Stephen is, Stephen's a character. He's a great guy. Um, he is just, like I said, the information that he's got and the knowledge he's got is amazing. And I think coming up in the future stuff we've got with him, you guys are all going to be very impressed with what he has. And we got some cool things in the works that you need to be looking out for that I'm pretty excited they're going to be coming out. Well, I think another important thing to, um, you know, to say about Stephen is that he is of 
he's really of the top caliber. I mean, he, he is. is in the category of Bobby Corrigan, Dr. Yep. Frischman, yep. you know, some of these really big greats in the pest management industry the only thing is is he's in australia i mean he's focused he's just been focused on a different part of the world exactly but they know who he is in china they know who he is in india they know who he is in japan exactly and obviously australia and haven't had as much pleasure of being introduced to some of these folks and voila here we go today we are going to be introduced to yeah exactly yeah so i think without any further banter i mean let's let's just bring on steven hey steven welcome how are you doing today hi foster i'm very well and i'm looking forward to have a chat today and i hope the audience enjoys our conversation as well oh i I think they will because you're a load of fun we've kind of done some pre uh some pre-talks before and you're a little fun. I think everybody's going to enjoy this. So this is going to be great. So, um, so where, where exactly are you in Australia? I'm here. You're here. <laughs> oh, sorry. 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 I mean, well, in a, in, 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 in a location that people may know, I'm in Sydney. So I'm in one of the suburbs of Sydney okay. um, called Westmead and Westmead is a big, a very big medical um, area. So we've got a main hospital, which is just outside the window. We've got the big pathology, which is what I'm in. We've got a children's hospital, we've got a private hospital, we've got allied health. So it's a huge medical community that employs well over 10,000 people. It's a city in itself. Wow, that that's impressive. I had no idea that that, that, that was there. I had no idea that that's what that town was because I kind of looked it up to see where you were on the map and I had no idea. It was just kind of like a medical town. That's pretty neat. Wow, 10,000 people. That's that's amazing. Yeah. That's... So we're basically in the demographic center of Sydney in terms of the population. So we're west of the city itself. It's about a 45-minute commute on the train into the city. Um, so that'll give, give um, the listeners an idea of where we are. Yeah, no, that's great. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, everybody knows where Sydney, well, most people should know where Sydney is. So you should be yeah. familiar with that. Uh, that way. <laughs> that, that way. It's a that way. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, you know, wh- where do you work at right now? And, you know, kind of what's your position and how long have you been there? So I'm in the Department of Medical Entomology, which is located within a pathology service called New South Wales Health Pathology. And it's part of the overall um, New South Wales health state system. And New South Wales is the state that I live in. So the Department of Medical Entomology is quite unique. We're one of only two departments that is actually located in the hospital in Australia. And I'm actually head of the department. And so while most of our work deals with mosquitoes, we deal with a range of other sort of things that bite, sting, or generally irritate people. So to give you an idea of some of the stuff that we do, so we have a um, identification service for for the um, identification of insects of medical importance and arthropods of medical importance. We're basically the state reference laboratory for that. And we receive more specimens than any other laboratory in Australia. We have a program where we monitor mosquito-borne diseases, and it aims to act as an early warning system. So we have mosquitoes that are collected around the state. They're sent to us. We identify them and test them for the presence of virus. We also have 
what's called the maggot debridement therapy program, which many people in the US may be familiar with, where we have um, basically blowflies, the eggs are collected, the eggs are service sterilized. And when the larvae hatch out, they're placed onto wounds of patients where, where the wounds are very difficult to heal, either because the patient's elderly or have circulatory problems because they're diabetic. And it's an extraordinary service. We're the only ones that do that in Australia. But we do a range of education, research, and even including speaking to pest posse occasionally. Oh yeah, which we're very privileged to have you. I mean, that, that's just amazing. You know, when I when I found out, yeah, it was you you were part of the the medical entomology department. I'm like, well, what the heck is all that about? That seems very intriguing to me, and um, I think that that's kind of fascinating as far as with the blowflies and using that and everything to heal wounds. I mean, I to be honest with you, I've I've it's never incredible. heard of that, <laughs> and I, I think that's kind of amazing. It's a that, well, it, it was actually extremely common technology during the 20s and 30s, disappeared largely due to antibiotics. But an American physician by the name of Ronald Sherman in California actually basically um, reinvented it back in the what, 70s and 80s. Um, and now it's spread around the world. And it's a huge business in some countries, particularly the UK. And the company that was set up in the UK have now bought Ronald Sherman out. Um, but it's incredible to think we've treated, successfully treated well over a thousand patients whose only option would be amputation. And so they've wow. kept their limbs. I mean, can you imagine that? And the cost saving to the medical to watch in the community is phenomenal. And it's estimated to save the UK health system $2 billion annually. I wow. mean, it's, a, it's incredible technology, something so simple that seems so basic. Yeah. Um, but the extraordinary results that we achieve are just, you know, I'm very proud of the team here. And it was actually my partner who established it, who's since retired. And so I'm very proud of her. That's, that, is, that is amazing. Yeah, that seems like a, seems like a fascinating, phenomenal, and just a, an amazing program that you put together and everything. I mean, it's kind of a little bit digress, you know. I mean, who's, who started that? that idea as far as using the blowflies and basically going back to 1920 technology, how did that kind of all come around? I mean, that, that seems well, like. To, to be honest, it's been known for a long time that if a wound um, is infested with blowflies, it's more likely to heal. We've known that from wars, from the Napoleonic Wars. Um, there's um, various tribal cultures that deliberately place flies onto wounds. Um, but Ronald Sherman in the US was the person who, who's the modern pioneer of the technology. He developed the systems, he developed the idea, and he started um, doing it on soldiers um, who, who came back from overseas deployment with these wounds that just wouldn't heal. And he thought, well, we use maggots in the past. We've got all these problems with antibiotic resistance. Why not try maggots again? And it worked. And it's become an established and widely used therapy now. Wow, that's just, that's just amazing. That's just phenomenal. With your position there at the hospital and stuff, I mean, really, what do you what do you enjoy most about what you're doing right now? Well, naturally, I, the thing I enjoy most is speaking to people from overseas, <laughs> whether it's yourself, Foster, or many others. And there's no doubt the most enjoying enjoyable aspect that I've done is it has been traveling around the world, meeting people, collaborating with colleagues around the world, and really achieving outcomes that are clearly identifiable. And probably, um, I know you're going to ask this soon, um, mm -hmm. what insect do I like working on the most? And I've certainly worked on mosquitoes longer than others. But what I feel I've achieved the most with is, is working on bedbugs, where we had this global bedbug resurgence. And um, 
the work that we did has saved the economy literally hundreds of millions of dollars and helping people with the problem. And, and they're just so grateful afterwards. It's, it's, it's great. I mean, it's terrific. It feels good. I mean, there's so much that is so positive about working with others and helping others. And, um, and, and, you know, when I leave the planet, I think I feel, I feel satisfied with what I've done with the, with the bed bug work. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's great that you've done that. Yeah. Cause definitely, like you said, yeah, the resurgence of the bed bugs and stuff, the other company I was with, I mean, I was kind of right at the forefront of that here in, in California in the San Francisco Bay area. I mean, we were just hit hard with them. And we really kind of had to adapt and overcome as far as, you know, pest control company trying to figure out how to treat it yeah. and what to do and putting protocols together and just doing that. I mean, I just, you know, you want to talk about a, a whirlwind of just craziness that we went through. And um, so with your with your study and, their, and the research and stuff you did there with the bed bugs, what what really have you found out? What have you what have you done to really kind of help people with with their issues with the with the bed bugs? Well, maybe I need to go back to day one with my experience with bed bugs. And I mentioned before how we have a pathology service for the identification of insects of medical importance. And I mentioned how my partner Marilyn Geary set up the MAGA program. She also ran that program until she retired last year. And I remember back in it was about 2000, 2003, she said to me, gee, we're seeing a lot of bed bugs lately. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and then we looked at the information and we look at our data, we saw a 700% increase in terms of the number of samples sent to us over recent times. And in fact, we published that. And our paper that was published back in 2004 was the first piece of scientific evidence to demonstrate the the rise in bed bugs. Now it's been suggested in other papers, but no evidence. And quite interesting in the same year, I gave a talk on this paper to what's called the International Conference of Entomology. It's held every four years. And in that year in 2004, it was actually held in Brisbane, Australia. And quite interestingly in the audience were two people I'd never met. One was the now Professor Dinny Miller, back then it was Dr. Dinny Miller, and the other one was then the Associate Professor Chia Ying Lee, who's now Professor Chia Ying Lee, that um, recently moved to Riverside in California. I didn't know them back then, but now they're two of my closest um, and much loved colleagues in the world, and we've collaborated in a huge sense, and I'll come back to some of that collaboration soon. But I remember around 2004, 2005, I was asked, um, I produced a few papers on bed bugs. I, I had a paper on the detection of the tropical bed bug for the first time in Australia. And so we were the first to, to report that in the country. And I was asked to give a talk on bed bugs to the pest control industry. And at the time when we were giving talks, we had to submit a paper. But I sort of went a bit overboard. Instead of the normal two to three pages that reflects your talk, I wrote 69 pages. Oh my goodness. Because I found the topic so fascinating. And around the same time, I was approached by members of what's called AEPMA, which is our peak association. It's like your MPMA. Mm -hmm. So the AEPMA stands for the Australian Environmental Pest Managers Association, who came to me and said, well, the pest control industry is really doing bad about bed bug control. They don't know what they're doing. And by then, we didn't know the cause for the resurgence. We had suspected resistance. By then, I'd found bed bugs walking over permethrin dust, not affected. We 
got colonies from these. Clearly there was resistance, but it hadn't been reported scientifically and demonstrated scientifically. But a colleague um, in AEPMA said to me, we, we need a industry standard to guide the industry in how to better do control. And so this led to the birth of a code of practice for the control of bedbug um, infestations in Australia. The first industry standard in the world to tackle the modern bedbug resurgence and to deal with these highly insecticide resistant bedbugs. And we were some five years ahead of any other association in the world to do this. And it put us on a front foot. Um, and so we've seen a decline in bedbugs before COVID. Many countries have seen a decline in the last year with COVID, but we see it saw a decline before that. And we know that bedbugs, or we estimate that bedbugs probably cost the community somewhere in the order of $200 million in Australia up until about 2010. And there's no doubt with the decline in bedbugs, it has saved the economy literally hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, and um, we haven't updated for some years. We're talking about updating it this year, um, but we went through eight versions because we really, um, needed to do a lot of work early on. And in producing the code of practice, the very first edition, what it did was highlight knowledge gaps. We produced this document and said, well, what do we do here? Well, we don't know. We haven't got the information. So we set about to answer those questions, to fill the knowledge gaps. And even though we haven't updated the code of practice since 2013, all the core information is the same. And in terms of innovations, development since that time, there hasn't been a lot, there's been refinements. And I suspect that the next edition of the Code of Practice won't be terribly different, terribly different. It'll be arranged a bit different. So at the moment, we've got prevention at the back of the document. I want that up front. Um, there's a few different chemicals, but in Australia, we don't have a big market for bed bugs. So we don't have the range of chemicals that you do in the US. We don't have all the silica dioxide products. We don't have the fungal products, but there's limitations for these products as well. That's not widely described within the industry. And I mentioned before how I met these two colleagues have become really close friends, yeah. Professor Chao Ying Lee and Professor Dinny Miller. And um, back in um, at a, another conference called ICUP, International Conference of Urban Pests, um, which was actually held in Zurich in the year 2016. Um, I went up to them and said to them, what do you say we write a new book on bedbugs? And they said, well, great idea. And the last comprehensive text on bedbugs was pretty much 50 years ago by um, a very famous um, taxonomist called Usinger, Rob Usinger. Um, and so I got together. I um, basically approached people around the world. It's something I couldn't do by myself because we're not all experts. And it's, I mean, bed bugs are extremely complex and there's so many fields of study. And so we put the book together and it got published in 2018. And I have to say it's the most proud achievement I've ever done. And the three editors are myself as a chief editor, Denny Miller from the US, who many people in the US know, and Chow Yang Lee, who's extremely widely known as well. And so, so to be honest, it's my pr most proudest achievement today. Um, I think there's so many aspects in that book that's really fascinating. Most of it's very easy to read, except for physiology, population, genetics, inherently horribly complex topics. Um, but the book's easy to read. It's incredibly comprehensive, incredibly detailed. I think that's great that that, that, that book came out. The, so The info, core information is still very much valid. Yeah. And a lot of the information isn't going to change dramatically. I mean, 
some of the insecticides have changed. Um, there's been some research done in some areas, but it hasn't been revolutionary in any way or shape. Yeah, that's reality. And and this book is going to remain relevant for many years. That's that's the fact. Oh yeah, yeah, and that and that's so great that you three were able to collaborate on that and put that together. I mean, that's great because again, it just it's great to just see a book that comes out that that's comprehensive. That's not just from the United States. It's actually, you know, basically got a worldwide perspective. I mean, I do, you can't get, yeah. you can't get much thorough on that as far as dealing with a dealing with an insect, especially like bed bugs, as far as getting kind of all the viewpoints and all the research from, from several people pretty mm -hmm. much worldwide. So, I mean, I, I think that that's, I think that's awesome. You were able to collaborate in that. Yeah. yeah thanks. Um, and, and there were actually, people from 13 different countries collaborate on that 60 wow. different authors so it was truly a global effort and there's a lot of information that's never appeared before particularly there's a whole section on epidemiology so how um, how bed bugs um, have undergone a resurgence of what's happened in terms of numbers in in all the major nations across the world all the major continents and there's no other place where this information is available so not only did we try to cover obviously the most important things to pest managers, namely control, but we want a lot more background information and cover those aspects that have never been published before. One of my favorite chapters in the whole book is um, on bed bugs and popular culture. And I believe we're going to talk about that. Yes. Far off. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have another talk. We're going to be talking about some, I think it's pretty fascinating that you brought up as far as with the bed bugs and everything. And I, I think it's great. And uh, yeah, bed bugs is just, Ever since I've been kind of thrusted into it, yeah, they've definitely fascinated me as far as their whole biology, control methods, just everything with them. It's it's really been a fascinating bug. It, it's kind of interesting mm -hmm. when I started in the industry and everything, I kind of really latched on to, you know, the German cockroaches as far as trying to learn all about that and really becoming good at that. And uh, yeah, there you go. I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna put that book up because I saw that book. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so talk about German cockroaches, and this was produced by three colleagues. Um, it hasn't been released. This is the very first copy in the world. Okay. And, um, produced by Cheng Lu Wang for Rutgers, Chow Yang Lee, my good colleague, and Mike Russ from University of California. Uh, so uh, keep an eye out for that. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, when is that going to be released? When is that book going to come out? April, May, but um, you'll be able to get a discount voucher in an, the next issue of the Fayette magazine. Okay. And I believe we're going to talk about Fayette very shortly. Exactly. Well, that was going to be kind of, you know, the, the next thing I was going to kind of jump into, you know. The perfect um, segue. Exactly. <laughs> you, did, you did this perfectly. I didn't even have to cue you for it. So, you know, so so what is that? What is that association that you're talking about that? And what's your involvement with that? Okay. So Fayette is a federation of Asian and Oceanic Pest Managers Association. Quite a mouthful, we call uh, it Fayetma. Uh, but yeah. think of it as, and exactly what it is, it's an association of all the major pest control associations across the Pacific, the Asian and the Indian region. And so it encompasses a huge population. In fact, we have to say that Fayetma um, is responsible for basically 4 billion people providing pest control services wow. to 4 billion people on the planet. Um, and um, so Fayette um, has been around for a while now, 20 to 30 years. Um, they're most well known for their annual meeting, uh, which um, sadly has, has been virtual last year and will be virtual this year. Um, but we've had some great meetings and I'd certainly recommend people 
going to it, I mean, if, if you're going to travel overseas, go to a FAYETMA meeting, you can claim it off on tax. It's the best part yep. <laughs> as a tax yep. discount in many yep. countries. Uh, <clears throat> so in terms of my involvement in FAYETMA, um, for some time, I've been invited to the conferences to speak, and it's a great honour, um, and it's fantastic getting up on a stage and there's 1,400 people or 1,500 people in the audience. I mean, it's just so empowering. I remember, I think it was, um, if I remember right, it was actually um, Penang when I gave a talk there and I just got on the stage and was, wow, look at the number of people. And for some people, it can be absolutely terrifying. And in the past, it was for me. But for me, it was just so empowering. It's like, wow. And, and I think I did one of the greatest talks I ever did, even if I say so myself. <laughs> um, but since then, um, and so Fayetma's had a newsletter. And in the past, um, it was produced by Doug Howard, Howick, um, a good colleague of mine who's lived in Australia for many years, been involved with the pest management industry for a long time. He worked on cockroaches. Um, but... Sadly, he passed away and mm. his newsletter was really a um, compilation, compilation of, um, sorry, compilation of um, news media, news reports. Yeah. But I always thought that um, there's potential to go to a new level, to produce a magazine that could become a stable of the organisation that could eventually bring in income through advertising to then basically develop and enhance the aims of society. And so... Um, it was very sad to see Doug pass away. He was a lovely man and it was a shock to us, um, as death often is, sadly, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so at the, the following Fayetma magazine, um, I said, okay, I would like to do it. And I put a concept together and I wrote seven or eight pages of my idea of where it should be. I presented that to the executive committee. So there's a small executive committee comprising presidents, et cetera. And I won't go through the list. And they said, well, okay, you're the one who put your hands up. You can do it. <laughs> now, it's totally voluntary. But you've got to ask, why would I want to do this? Because I have to say there's um, – at times it is challenging to complete, and I don't always get it on time because I'm paid to do my normal job, yep. and it's extra work for me. But one, but go back to the bed by code of practice and what was special about that. One thing that was special about the bed by code of practice is that it was totally science-based, and it was not at all – influenced by commercial interests. Now, we had people on, on the committee from companies like Bayer, but the people that were from that company didn't try to push their products. And this was wonderful. And working with these people makes you feel, you know, makes you, you know, feel good about the industry because not everybody's like that. We know there's, let's face it, there's parasites in the industry who push products that have such little value. Yeah. Um, and that's reality. But when it comes to pest control magazines today, they're all privately owned, the vast majority. Some mm -hmm. are as, uh, with um, associations, but they're developed as a commercial interest. And so mm -hmm. the driving force is cash, money. Mm -hmm. And so many of the articles are advertorials. And there's often this distinctive blur between independent information and advertorials. I know of one journal that basically their prime articles are all advertorials and that you can pay so much money. I think I, I can't remember the exact amount, so many thousand dollars. And the main article will be an advertorial, but it's not listed as that. And this is a real problem. And it's very hard to get independent scientific based advice to the pest control industry. 
we did that with a bed bug code of practice and we managed to keep a lot of dodgy products coming into Australia where we said things like, hey, you know, don't use um, impregnated uh, encasements because independent researchers found that these products don't work very well. So they didn't come into the market in Australia. And we managed to keep some of these products out. In fact, many of these products out. And some products that showed good efficacy, we tested, we, we got poor efficacy, we demonstrated it um, um, with a with a bed bug code of practice suggests, well, hey, it shouldn't be used. We weren't always popular. Um, some people suggested even legal action, but in the end, you know, I'm not driven by commercial gain. I, I don't own yeah. any shares in any insecticide company or any, any of these sort of companies. All I want is the best advice for people like yourself yep. who are doing control in the field, or when you used to do it, sorry, Foster. Yep. <laughs> um, you sit behind a microphone these days and take Pretty it easy, much. of course. <laughs> and yeah. so, so I wanted to take on a magazine and provide independent scientific-based advice, which is the best advice to people. And so that's why I've done it. So now I've done it for two years. We have four issues a year. I mean, it's something that can be very difficult to get done in time, um, particularly when you're working um, another job and particularly during the summer months when I'm normally yep. working on mosquitoes, which is our peak season. And um, sometimes it's a bit late. Um, but I think so far the magazine's been pretty good. And I should say it's free. It's absolutely free. And if Bad you go tax. to www.faomp.com, pa.com click on link to the magazine and so the articles are more in depth than what you normally see for many pest control magazines yeah. they're not aimed at maybe the technician they're aimed at the manager they're aimed at the technical manager oh, interesting. at the okay. upper spectrum yeah. um, but they're articles you can trust and, yeah. and that's the most important thing where i'm coming from and they are a bit different i mean we wanted certain features in there. So I have news items. We have, I have a section on news items from academia because what's being done in academia is what you're going to do in the field in the future yeah. as a technician. Um, I always, one thing I, I'm really proud of is that I have a segment called Icon where I interview somebody notable in the industry. Okay. And some of these people are either, you know, excelled academically or excelled in business. And these are people you want to look at. If you're starting up a pest control company, you want to look at what they're doing. They've achieved something. You want to learn why they've achieved it oh, exactly. and try to replicate them. Yep. And yep. the reality is you can make a bucket of money in the pest control industry. Yeah. I've, I've seen people start with nothing and sell companies for $50 million within the space of 20 years mm -hmm. a lot of bloody work i assure you oh you don't yeah do that cheaply no but it's all about quality yeah. and the companies that have excelled are the ones that are in the top five percent they're proud of what they do they, they focus on quality they yeah. employ the best technicians they pay them more but they're the ones that are make money and yeah. to be honest um and to go back a little step my first involvement in the pest control industry well, it wasn't good. And um, we often saw pest control failures. And I did a pest control certificate back in 1990, God, 31 years ago. And one reason why I got into the bed bug code of practice was not to help the industry, but to protect the consumer from dodgy pest control. And so I came in it from, you know, I don't like this industry. Yeah. To one of working with the industry and gradually swing over to say, hey, you know, there's some 
brilliant people. And now it's an intricate part of my life. And so I've gone through this metamorphosis, really. <laughs> That's kind of but funny. But the yeah. only way you can truly change rubbish work is to become a part of it and make the change. Exactly. There's no point complaining about something unless you're willing to get your hands dirty and exactly. implement change. Exactly, exactly. And that's one thing as far as us here at the Pest Posse is we've started to kind of, I guess, become international. It's been kind of neat for me to really kind of see that, well, pest control in the United States and pest control worldwide are like two different animals. I mean, it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of interesting to see. And it's, and, it's, and it's fun to see how there, there are certain countries that it's like the wild, wild west by other countries yeah, it's kind of the wild, wild west for them, but they're trying to make changes and they're getting they're getting pushback from government. They're getting some pushback. And it's really, I find mm-hmm. it, to me, mm-hmm. I find it fascinating. And I'm glad that we were able to connect because this is just another spectrum of it to, to just kind of see how pest control's done and to see hopefully here at the Pest Posse that we maybe can try to broaden that a little bit and maybe bring some of that international flavor to, to some of the the, yeah. the pest control professionals here in the United States because I think it's I think it's needed because I think we're I think we're a little bit set in our ways with a few things that we do here in the United States and um, you know I think that there's things yeah. that definitely could be changed uh, the way we do things and I I see that just like what you're talking about with bed bugs and like you said with the code of you know code of ethics and the practices that you did with that you know I think that's great I mean with us you know there's still a lot of wild wild west stuff with with bed bugs i mean i think it's great to hear that australia sure. kind of really put the kibosh you know it's like hey you're not bringing that in that's just garbage and i think that's great that they you know able to to fight back with that because i think again here in the united states yeah there has been some products and some things that are that are pretty sketchy that really shouldn't be yeah, out yeah. there and shouldn't be on the market and unfortunately the consumer's getting bit by it um no pun exactly. intended but it's really sad to see. And that's one thing I really hated to see when I would go out and do inspections for, for uh, a customer, you know, see them that maybe they bought something over the internet or wherever, and it just completely failed and it cost them hundreds of dollars. And I'm coming in and asking for thousands of dollars and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> so yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's exactly. great to hear that. Yeah. It's, it's great to hear that. So. And, and one thing I, I mentioned before at the start was what I've been really grateful for is actually meeting people around the world. And unfortunately, I have traveled around the world and see how pest control varies from country to country. Mm-hmm. Um, the challenges in Europe are very different to the U- US, are different to Australia. So in the US, there are a lot of dodgy products. In Australia, we can get up and criticize them. In the US, you'll probably end up in the courts. That's reality. <laughs> and, and some of it relates to your registration process mm-hmm. where things are much more easily registered in the US where yep. you don't have to demonstrate efficacy. We have to in Australia. Yep. You look at Europe where it's all about the environment, both the mm-hmm. human and the natural environment. And so there's a lot less products. And so you've got to be more skilled with what you've got. But then you look at some countries like Asia where they're still using old chemicals and they're still learning the process and they're very keen to learn and they're like big sponges. But then there's other countries and I've been working with um, colleagues in Africa where, I mean, if you can get a chemical, you're you're lucky. I mean, you spray with what you get. Exactly. good control. So I'm doing a lot of work with colleagues in Africa and on bed bugs. And you'll see a paper probably come out next week on this very topic um, in one of the American um, entomology journals. Um, and it's very difficult for these people in these undeveloped it worlds. It's a yep. nightmare. 
And again, that's another thing I'm so proud of doing is working with these countries and the more I can do it. And hey, you know, if you're out in the world and listen to this and you want a hand, want some help, you want to hear my mm-hmm. my own opinion about bed bugs, um, contact me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we'll, we'll definitely have your information there in the description. Well, this, this has been great. And just to kind of let everybody know, I mean, if you really have enjoyed this discussion, me and Steven had, um, wait, because we're going to be having him on a lot more. Uh, we got a lot more great topics. He has a wealth of information. Uh, we're going to be having um, some podcasts with him, uh, some YouTube episodes with him. So you, everybody stay tuned because we've got some pretty cool things that we're going to be talking about next with Steven. So um so steven i really do appreciate your your time on this one this interview and like i said everybody uh stay tuned because we got more with steven coming up and thank you foster it's a great honor to be asked thank you for listening to the pest posse stampede podcast make sure to follow this podcast and the pest posse on facebook and linkedin also be sure to check out the pest posse weekly series on youtube until next time remember pest control is an adventure So get out there and enjoy the adventure with the Pest Posse.